Welcome to the Wow Marriage Podcast. In our marriage, we had a blast in the whoa, this is awesome phase, struggled and endured through the what was I thinking phase, and fought hard to get to the wow marriage we have today. It's our goal to share with you some practical tools, biblical principles, and help you reach the wow marriage and stay there. So buckle up, get ready. It's going to be a great ride. Now let's get going. Welcome to Season 1, Episode 2 of the Wow Marriage Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Lisa. We're ministers from Abundant Life Church in Radcliffe, Kentucky, who focus on marriage. Thank you for joining us for today's episode, What is Love? The Bible tells us about different types of love, but we really want to just focus on the Eros-type love. Eros is the Greek word meaning the sensual or romantic type of love that you might have for a spouse. In today's episode, we want to help clear up some of the confusion between what the world says love is and then what God's Word has told us about love. There's a lot of confusion. Um, so uh, when we were in the woe phase of marriage, we were very caught up in what we were feeling. Um, I'd say mostly the physical attraction Um, which is not a bad thing, but it's definitely not um, stable and not something that you can base a marriage on. Um, When we were in the what was I thinking phase, we we again were very focused on what we were feeling, but this time it seemed to be more about our emotions. Um, In reality, you know, in both of these phases, we bounced around like pinballs out of control. And and the reason for that is because we didn't understand how to love each other by God's design. Yeah, I think you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, you, you use the word stable. You know, that that type of love just isn't sustainable over a long period of time. Um, in fact, I, I don't know that, that it, it really is love. But the world has a very different idea than the Bible of what love is and what it looks like. What is love? Baby, don't hurt me no more. Exactly. Obviously, the world is very confused about what love is. The world looks for the physical or emotional attraction, and they call it chemistry, believe it or not. We would argue that that is more like lust or codependency. For sure. (laughs) Yeah, a physical attraction is based on your body's response to another person. An emotional attraction is simply you trying to fill a void in your life. Choosing to enter your your marriage with either of these attractions is really just setting yourself up for failure. Um, We believe that a lot of marriages end in divorce because they start out believing just that. This strong physical or emotional attraction is going to give them security in their relationship, you know, for the long haul. And again, it's just not sustainable. Yeah, that's just it. The the sustainability of that. Um, I think what you have to think about is the first time you, you hold hands with your spouse, the first time you kiss your spouse, there's, there's such an electricity um, involved in that, or there should be. Um, and, and if you 
try to recreate that every single time and, and think that the inability to recreate that must mean failure, that's, that's the misconception. Wow, that's good. Yeah. So, I mean, think about it. If you listen to pop culture music, um, watch shows on television today, um, you, you hear such a, um, a, a contrast, contrast. Yeah. To God's word. That's the, a perfect word. You know, think about according um, to Tina Turner, think about her song. Love is a secondhand emotion. Um, think about what secondhand is. Secondhand means something's been used and, and the first owner doesn't want it anymore. And so it gets given or, or sold to someone else. And when that happens, that thing has little value. Um, and again, it's been used. And so you think about the first hand owner to them, it was disposable. So I think that seems to be a popular view in today's society about love. Um, and then on the flip side, think about television. We have shows like Married at First Sight, Temptation Island, The Bachelor, um, they call these reality shows, but you know, they give a very unrealistic image of what love looks like. Um, I've seen previews for each of these shows, and I'm shocked that they continue to be successful and, and stay on TV. Um, you know, our mainstream media is given the impression that relationships are quick and easy. And, and it seems that they want people to believe that if you get those butterflies in your stomach or you feel a, a slight emotional response to a person, then hurry up and get married before they get away. And, and then they go beyond that and they say if those physical feelings go away or that emotional connection weakens, no big deal. The relationship's disposable. So, you know, you just throw it out and start over. Yeah, think about how the that impacts, you know, our young people today. I know, like, people have said that, you know, a child's most critical years of development as far as, like, their personality and things like that is, like, when they're in their infancy. But think about today's youth. Think about the, the, the you know, 11-year-old getting, you know, in middle school and then moving into high school. Think about what these kids are attracted to or these young people are attracted to and think of the impact that these kind of, you know, music, TV shows, um, just social media in general, think about how influenced they are by what they see in, in, in these things. Very true. So that's what we would consider the world's view on love. Now, what does God's word say about love and what it is? Love in a marriage can be described in words. However, we tend to look at the meaning to be described by the way we feel. That's a big problem that a lot of relationships have today is that love, no matter which form it takes, what we're talking about, love is a choice that we make day in and day out. Our choices should not be driven by our emotions or our hormones. Exactly, exactly. I'm a, I want to take a minute. I want to read um, the love chapter in uh, 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 13. I'm going to just read verses 4 through 7. Um, the Bible says, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. 
And I just want to finish up with verse 13 of that same chapter. It says, so now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest of these is love. That's awesome. I mean, in all of the descriptions of what love is, we don't hear anything about our feelings or physical reactions. We're faced with choices on how to carry ourselves, choices on how to treat others. In a marriage, we face life's challenges, and it may not be easy, but God's instructions to us is to be patient, be kind. We're instructed to stay hopeful and, you know, overall persevere. Love God's way does not give us permission to throw our spouse away because we don't feel something. We get to focus on our spouse without arrogance. We do not have the right to just be cranky or short-tempered because of the circumstances. I don't get to manipulate my spouse or demand that I get my own way just because I'm having a bad day. Exactly. I think if we go back to the, again, the beginning of the relationship, um, you know, when you're young and you have this impression of what love is supposed to be, you're very self, uh, self-involved, self-centered, um, which is a world's, that's kind of how the world is, right? You know, we're very self-seeking. Um, and it's very hard to love God's way when you're self-seeking. I know for us, it created a lot of turmoil and, uh, again, bounced around like pinballs, right, babe? Yeah, I don't want to give anybody the impression that, you know, somehow we've never fell victim to in any and every one of the the different variances that we're going to bring up in, in any of our podcasts. Lisa and I have run the gambit of life, and we have been to the mountain and back with all kinds of, you know, battle wounds and scars, but we got a lot of t-shirts too. Yeah, yeah, we do. <laughs> so I can tell you, um, again, in the beginning, we uh, Chris was very selfish in, in his um, areas, and I was very selfish in mine, and there was a lot of opportunities that we took, um, and we caused and created more turmoil um, than than ever by our own actions and reactions. And if we had just handled ourselves the way God instructed, we could have saved ourselves a lot of pain and aggravation for sure. Um, but today I can tell you there's a lot of times that, that Chris does things for me that I know go against the way he feels in the, in, in the natural. And I can see him choosing to walk in God's love. And and I hope that he you know sees and feels the same thing from me. Because I can tell you the most amazing thing about when you walk in God's instruction for love is that we get to have those physical reactions and those emotional connections through the obedience. You know, we love those physical reactions, um, and and I enjoy the emotional connections. And the beautiful thing is, is I get them stronger and deeper and more often because I walk in the obedience uh, of God's Word. So my body responds to Chris in a deeper way today because of the way I choose to walk in love with him. And my emotional connection is stronger because of the way I choose to view him through God's love. And in my mind, this seems to be a blueprint for success. And honestly, I'd rather walk in a guarantee with the man I'm spending my life with than be thrown all over the place with butterflies and emotions. So let's talk about how can we achieve this level of love with our spouse? Do you know I give you butterflies and emotions? (laughs) But I'm glad you asked. 
Um, when we were making decisions on how to love our spouse, I think one thing that's important to keep in mind is you have to be intentional. You know, that's another lesson that I got from our pastor about, you know, being intentional in relationships, in all of your relationships. Um, when we're working on our marriage or, you know, we're working on our relationship, I don't want to say marriage as if we have an issue, but when we're trying to um, build ourselves up, we've used a plethora of different tools such as, you know, Bible studies that, you know, provoke conversation that, you know, we wouldn't just normally have on a regular basis. Um, we've used other tools such as the Love Dare book. Remember that? That was a great book. That I was had fun. a lot of fun. Yeah, that <laughs> was, was a lot fun. of fun. Um, we've also, of course, we've done the five love languages. We go to marriage conferences. I mean, we're constantly pouring into our relationship and those it's intentional. Yeah, there it's intentional. We're mm-hmm. trying to make sure that, you know, not only we keep things fresh, but also you you're never done learning. You're never done uh growing and and every year, you know, your body changes, my mind changes and and it's important that we continue to stay on top of that task, you know, of how to love my spouse and and it be effective and it be productive. You know, getting to know your spouse as intimately as possible is important. You know, we've gone through, you know, as men, you know, we go through all of that effort into, you know, wooing her into marriage and, you know, through the dating phase and the engagement phase and all that stuff. But then we wouldn't give a second thought to, you know, how she really feels or what she needs, you know, long term. Think about that, you know. You would open up the door, you're bringing the flowers, you're paying for the meal, you're doing all that stuff. But then we're going to get wrapped around the axle about toilet seat being up or down or, you know, laundry making it into the basket or not. I mean, it seems silly. Well, the key to what you just said is, you know, getting to know each other as intimately as possible. And for most people, when they think about getting to know each other intimately, it's a physical intimacy. But it goes beyond that. You've got to get to know the likes, the dislikes, the comforts, the discomforts, the fears, um, the goals, the ambitions, the um, everything about your spouse. And as you get to know those things about your spouse, it becomes easier to love your spouse the way that God intended. Yeah, uh, just a few weeks ago, I was thinking about um, when I said, you know, I brought up the Love Languages book. I met with a a person, we were, you know, just having a chat on the porch and they made a comment to me when I, you know, brought up, you know, the love languages book and and what it did, you know, for my marriage. And they were like, oh yeah, we've done that. And he kind of like waved it off as if it, you know, it had zero effect on your marriage. If it didn't affect or impact your marriage in a positive way, then your pride is probably gotten the best of you because there's no way you can read that and hear the heart's cry of your spouse, this person that you have, you know, made a covenant between you and her together and God in the holy, you know, place and somehow not come out of that thinking this is better than my idea. Whatever she wants is better than what what I think she needs. You know, we just had that marriage conference and I said it, you know, marriage is the most impactful, the biggest decision you're going to make as a couple. 
It's bigger than buying a car. It's bigger than buying a house. It's bigger than having children. Why not pour everything you can into it? And I think, too, the thing, um, what you're talking about is we, as in our natural as humans, we resist change, I think, and think that we know, I think I know better and and you think you know better. And, and so the reality is to love God's way, we've got to put our way of thinking aside uh, and, and really look at um, what the other person needs and wants. Um, and so, you know, if you, you're talking about reading the book and it not having an impact, the re- I would say the reason it didn't have an impact is because it, there wasn't an intentional uh, decision to activate what you learned. Amen. And so it's not just enough to read a book. It's not just enough to listen to a podcast. It's not just enough to hear someone give you guidance and direction. You have to Put purposefully, your money where your mouth is. Yeah, purposefully <laughs> activate what you've learned. And you know what? If you think we don't know what we're talking about, I challenge you just to give it a try. Yeah, because I can assure you we have run the gambit. Yeah, There's no yeah. doubt in my mind. We have a lot of been there, done that um, moments in our life. Um, I, I want to say, too, uh, one of the things you know that, that has an impact on the way that we choose uh, to love our spouse, um, we have to stop looking to our spouse, as the movies say, to complete us. Um, uh, you know, Chris does not complete me. That's right, baby. I'm never going to be Noah. Never. <laughs> he, he compliments me and I compliment him. And, you know, I had to learn that when I tried to fill a void in my life with anything or anyone other than God, I I was left feeling completely unfulfilled and completely unsatisfied. I had to recognize who Chris is meant to be in my life. And I had to see him as God sees him and uh, come to a place where I could acknowledge that though he's not perfect, he is perfect for me and uh, make my decisions on loving him based on knowing that with absolute certainty. Amen, babe. I'm glad to hear you say that. <laughs> you know, we got to choose to respond and, and not just react. A strong relationship requires choosing to love each other in those moments where you struggle to even like each other. I mean, that that's the wow marriage right there. Yeah, and, and that's a good point, too. Um, you know, when you struggle even to like each other, uh, I think a, a lot of people go into relationships thinking that it's uh, that they're always going to like each other and that if you don't, again, that's the world's view. If I don't like you anymore, then this must not have been the right marriage. If I don't like you anymore, then <clears throat> this must not have been um, the right marriage for me and maybe I should move on. Um Hey, guess what? All marriages go through those times of not necessarily liking each other. But um, for me today in the wow marriage, um, I've I've recognized that it's the things that I don't like. It's not the person that I don't like. I like everything about Chris, even when I don't like some of the things that he does. And we have to learn to separate uh, that I, I can't look at the things that he does and let that determine whether or not I choose to love him, much less like him. Wow, that's a lot of information. You know, in today's podcast, you know, we've talked about the differences between the world's view of love and what God's word says about love. What has had the biggest, ask yourself that, what has had the biggest impact on how you love based on where you are today? How, 
how has has it impacted the love you have for your spouse? If you find that the world system seems to have had a bigger impact, you know, we hope that today's podcast has given you better insight on how to love your spouse God's way and the way he intended and help bring you, you know, out of that place into a new place. You know, if you believe that God's work has had the biggest impact in your marriage and, you know, your love level of your spouse, you know, we hope that today's podcast has helped, you know, give you a deeper understanding of what that looks like and and, and hopefully challenged you to uh, find some intentional material to go in and, and study and, and provoke those type of conversations that are going to impact your marriage and have a, a lasting effect. You know, commit to find new ways to show your spouse, you know, just how much you, you, you really love them. You know, choose to walk in God's love in your marriage and watch the passion in your relationship reach new heights on your way to the wild marriage. So thank you for joining us and tuning in with us today. We hope you have enjoyed this episode of The Wow Marriage, What is Love? If you haven't already, make sure you subscribe to our podcast to ensure you do not miss out on future episodes. Make sure you share our podcast with your friends and your family. If you'd like to send us feedback or have a question we might answer on a future podcast, send it to thewowmarriage at gmail.com. You might hear your question on a future podcast, or who knows, you might just inspire a whole new episode. Make sure you check out our website at www.thewowmarriage.com and look us up on Facebook. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Wow Marriage Podcast. We pray that the experiences shared today will not only bless you, but inspire you to have your very own Wow Marriage. To stay connected, please be sure to subscribe to this channel and also visit our website at thewowmarriage.com to watch this podcast and others in video. We call you blessed in Jesus' name.